Welcome back to the Carnivore Yogi Podcast. This is a bonus episode. It is technically episode 20, but it is a conversation that I had with Steve Wright, who is a return guest. If you are a fan of the podcast, you've already heard two episodes with Steve Wright, but I've had a ton of requests to go ahead and put this into podcast format for you guys. So this, again, is a little bonus episode. Some of you guys may have already heard this. It was a conversation that we had on Instagram live. So I tried to do my best with the audio. It's obviously not going to be as good as my regular audio because I have a professional microphone and work really hard on my sound, but the content is really good because there are still so many people that I come across daily and they are really still struggling with either constipation or loose stools, floating stools, these digestive issues after turning to a carnivore diet to really heal these things. And they're just still not able to get relief. And what I really want to do is try to help people as much as I can. My podcast is really based on my own health journey as well. So I'm I always talk with people who I feel like I can learn from. And if I'm learning, I know you guys are learning too. So there's a lot in this conversation I learned. We also talked about how long do you need to be on enzymes? When do you know it's time to get off of them? Same thing with the HCL, how to test that. We talked about as we age, what happens to these functions with enzymes and our ability to produce stomach acid, how that looks. We also talked about PPIs, which is something that is, I feel like, being over-prescribed in our country for people. So that there's a lot in this conversation. Again, this is why I'm putting it on a podcast format, because when you watch something on IGTV, you don't really have that ability to kind of put your phone down and and walk away from it you kind of have to have the screen open and make sure it's just a little bit more of a process in my opinion I would much rather listen to something on a podcast so I hope you guys enjoy it and the sponsor of today's episode is obviously going to be Healthy Gut which is the company that Steve runs it is such a wonderful company and I have been using their products they will all be linked in the show notes the links in the show notes are going to give you guys discounts on these products and i do recommend if you're going to take the plunge and try them to take advantage of that discount buy more bottles than you would because the thing is if you don't need them if they don't work for you if you get them the cool thing about steve's company is that you can send them back and get a hundred percent of your money back so my whole thing is like buy more, you know, instead of just getting that one bottle to try out, buy a few bottles. And if that doesn't work for you, you can send it right back and they will give you your money back. And I've actually seen them do that in their Facebook group where someone's like, hey, this was a reaction I had and their health coach kind of walks them through and they're like, okay, well, you don't really necessarily need this product. So I think that that is, shows the integrity of Steve as a person, definitely. And then of this company that they really do want to help people. And that is again, why I'm putting this onto podcast for you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with another episode next week on Wednesday. So make sure you are subscribed. And if this episode helps you in any way, I would love to know you can shoot me a message over on Instagram. You can take a screenshot, tag me, any of those things, leave me a review over on Apple. Like I said, I am wanting to help as many people as I possibly can by sharing my story, by having experts on to actually address problems that people are having while they are trying to fix their health, because that is what this is all about. So I do hope that you enjoy this episode and I'll talk with you guys again soon. Doing a carnivore diet. Hi, Steve, you're on. Hey, Sarah. You made it. I did. (laughs) Awesome. 
So those of you in the Justin who don't know, I've already done a couple of interviews with Steve already um, on my YouTube channel and also on my podcast as well. Um, I brought him back like pretty quickly after the first interview because there was such a great um, need for this type of a conversation. And um, he's probably been one of my mo the most feedback I've gotten from all my guests so far of people being like, oh my gosh, that was so helpful. Like, thank you so much for talking about this stuff that people just aren't talking about. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be back and I'll let you keep doing the intro here, but I'm, I'm stoked to be live with you. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, what I was just saying before you jumped on is like, a lot of my followers are carnivore or low carb or keto. And a lot of us have chosen this path and chosen to do this because of digestion issues, you know? I started uh, doing this because I was essentially having to sleep out on the couch every night. I was in so much pain and um, just would smell the whole room up. It was pretty embarrassing. <laughs> uh, and I know you have a similar story with, uh, with digestion. So if we can just kind of briefly go into that for the people who don't really know your backstory. Yeah. So, I mean, I had my, my version of that, uh, is that my family nicknamed me the gas man back in like high school, like, cause I could clear a room and then, uh, things got really bad when I was a couple years out of college and working at KPMG and I was in a high rise kind of seeing, you know, fortune 100 clients and I had gas after every meal. It didn't matter if I ate chicken and salad or a burger and beer. Um, I would, I would basically cry from the bloating and like cover it up with like a spreadsheet and just kind of sit like this, at, you know, while I was like massaging my belly. Uh, and then of course, if you've ever been there, you know, the best thing in the world is just to fart. <laughs> like that's really what you want to do. You want the pain to go away, but as soon as you do that, then normally it smells terrible and then you feel embarrassed and, and shame and things like that. And my coworkers basically complained to my boss that I was smelling up the office and he oh had a talk with yeah. And so that was, I think most people, when it comes to health conditions, when we exit the Western medical arena, we, we have an emotional breaking point. Like I have others that are like, you know, one time accidentally, I thought it was a fart. It was more than a fart. And I was like, I was bumper to bumper on a commuter bus down, headed downtown in Chicago. I couldn't go anywhere. You know, there was no getting off the the bus and I was in my suit and I had to go to a meeting later that day and like it would be 45 minutes by cab back to my apartment in you know upper north side Chicago and so it was you know I had to wash I had to wash my own you know diarrhea out of my my suit and and then go to go sit at my desk and go to work all day and so there's I, I think just stories like that it just broke me down to where when I went to the doctors they basically offered me Metamucil whole grain diet um, they told me it was part of my family history and that this was probably something I was going to have to live with genetically. And I tried sucking it up. I tried to do what they told me to do. I tried the antibiotics and nothing worked. And so I just got really, really mad. And that anger turned into action, which is really, you know, I think what happens for a lot of people. And my belief became I'm not the only one. I looked at the statistics. There's like millions and millions and millions of people who are suffering from this. And someone had to have figured it out. And if I could just find somebody like me who suffered similar ideas and try whatever they tried, I'd have a better statistical chance of 
getting out of this hellhole that I was in, then I would just continue to go to the doctors. And so that's kind of how my journey got started back in 2009. And I started blogging once I realized that diet change could do so much and that basic supplementation could change my bloating and my, my constipation diarrhea that was alternating. Um, I became evangelical. I was like, people have to know about this. This is crazy. Um, and back then in 2010, there was no blog, there was no digestive blogs. There was just Yahoo groups and, and forums, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's become, uh, uh, basically, I, I guess a lifelong uh, passion of mine is to just keep trying to get healthier, go to like the Kalish Institute for Functional Medicine, try all kinds of crazy stuff from, you know, Russia and Asia and shamans and Western medicine. Um, and, and really just, I just want to find what works because at yeah. the heart of it, I'm very practical and I'm an engineer by my college training. And I would say that I don't really believe I'm, I'm more of like a health engineer these days. But that, that mindset that engineer takes, which is most benefit with least harm, is what I'm always searching for. Yeah, and I feel like so many people watching can relate to just the story of like, we just want to do what works. And, you know, for me, I started this profile, I started my whole presence online of like, wow, I'm doing this, and this is working, and it's helping. And I would, I feel really like I need to be sharing this with people, because it's not... Um, this horribly complicated thing and it's helping so much, you know, and uh, kind of coming across you, meeting you just this year has kind of taken things to the next level for me. And this is another part of me just wanting to share with people of like, you know, I did carnivore for two, over two years, two and a half years. And I wish that I had found you at the beginning. I wish that I had, had these supports for my digestion in the very beginning when I was dealing with a lot of the loose stools and then the constipation and stuff that, you know, all the IBS stuff, the gas and the bloating, thank God that was gone. But there were still some lingering digestive issues that would kind of come and go over that period being carnivore. Um, and thank God, you know, I found the, um, the HCL and enzymes and I'm also doing the, um, the tributin and it's been like, just life-changing for my digestion. You know, I thought I was doing good, but then it's kind of taken it up to the next level, you know? Yeah, I'm so excited for you. I really am. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is the thing, like, and I kind of sent some questions out to people, and the reason I want to bring you on here is that, you know, I think that we do the diet, we want help, but there's another level that we can get to, like, just, just because we've kind of taken away the stuff that makes us react, it doesn't necessarily mean that we've healed the underlying issues. And, um, and then there's people that are doing carnivore and they're still having like the bloating and they're still having a lot of, I either hear diarrhea or constipation. And it's after that initial adaptation period that people are still having it. Cause it's like the first 30 days. Yeah, sure. You're gonna have to adjust, but if you've been doing this like three months, six months or longer, I've had people tell me they've been doing it a year and they only go to the bathroom like once a week, um, then that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a, you know, I went through my evangelical phase around the diet that really helped me. And then once I think we go through a, a phase where we get out of that and we start to open up our perspective that just because it worked for us doesn't mean it's going to work for other people. Um, I started to realize that 
you could find stories of immense help for digestive, whether it's loose stools or constipation or bloating, in many dietary groups, whether it's carnivore or paleo or uh, vegetarian or a specific carbohydrate diet. And a paradigm shift for me was just really, because I, I have some philosophical differences with some of those groups. And um, I really was like, how could this be? How could it be? And so my the big paradigm shift that I hope some people walk away with today, if they need it, is that it's not what you eat, it's what you actually break down and absorb. Yes, that's so huge. Yeah. And so all the research in the world about the chemicals in our foods, whether they're phytonutrients or just healthy grass-fed beef and amazing, you know, grass-fed liver and all the nutrients from what I call, you know, I call that liver, like mother nature's multivitamin. It, it doesn't matter actually, if you think about it, because if you can't get it through mm -hmm. into your body and then utilize that, that food, then all of our research about lectins or not lectins or whatever else really doesn't actually matter. It's, it only comes down to like, what can you process as a human? And so when I started thinking about that, that's where I got really focused on the ecosystem of the gut. Like what are the, what drives the ability to break down a carnivore eating style and be able to actually absorb it and use it. And then mm -hmm. the output should be better energy, better sleep, better skin, great poops, no bloating. Like, and if those outputs are not coming true for you, then we really have to go back to that ecosystem. What's happening inside of the stomach, inside of the small intestine, inside the large intestine, that even if you switch back to vegetarian or somewhere in the middle, like autoimmune paleo, I'm gonna go ahead and guess with high probability since I've been doing this kind of work for over 10 years now that you're gonna struggle as well. And so then it comes down to what are the commonalities about these types of guts and these problems that we can have influence over that will, you know, get us back to a healthier state and, and just feeling much better. Yeah, and you know, the thing about absorption, I think is so huge. I don't think people really know how to tell if they have poor absorption. And for me, it was manifesting as just like, I'm just hungry. Like I'm still hungry. Like I eat what's a good portion and what's enough quote unquote calories for my body. I'm still hungry, you know, and I'm gaining weight. And so it's like, it's a double-edged thing because it's like I'm gaining weight. And I did this on carnivore. Um, and that was really frustrating for me uh, because I was just like, I'm not, I don't think I'm absorbing the amazing nutrients in this food. You know, we can absorb uh, animal foods way easier than we can vegetables, uh, plant foods. I can anyway. Um, most people can. But even going strict animal-based, I was still, I'm like, why am I so freaking hungry still? And since adding in the um, HCL and the digestive enzymes, it's like I can eat a freaking normal portion and I'm satisfied and I'm full and I feel better. You know, my skin's, my skin's been pretty good since I've been animal based, but I feel like it's, it, it keeps getting better. You know, it's, and people are like, oh, are you sure you're almost 42 years old? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, but I feel like that is, it all goes back to the gut, you know? Yeah, it, it, it really does. And, and I too am of the belief that animal foods are easier to, you know, cooked animal foods are easier to break down and assimilate. And, and that's where I start anybody who's in like a massive flare 
um, yeah. you know, who's just totally wrecked and is like contemplating biologics or going to the hospital or something like that, like you're not gonna be able to eat salad in that state. Um, like, you know, you're not gonna be able to eat raw anything. So, um, and, and it does come down to like these, these basic tenets of digestion, which is, is your stomach acid working properly? Like, are your, you know, are your proteins being unfolded in your stomach acid? Is pepsin basically taking them from these really gnarly complex structures into more orderly structures such that your other enzymes in your small intestine can further break them down into amino acids? And then are those enzymes present in your small intestine? You know, are your pancreatic enzymes working properly? Are your brush border enzymes working properly? Um, most times they're not. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't think people need to overcomplicate this too much. I mean, you're probably familiar with like the various types of bodies, right? Like the ectomorph, the mesomorph, the endomorph. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we could apply that to, to, to digestion and guts. Like people's guts kind of have, um, there's some people like myself, I, if I eat like a couple hundred calories more than what I need per day, like I'm just packing on the weight, like yeah. my gut starts blowing up. Um, yeah. but one of my best friends in the world has celiac disease and it's no longer active, but even still to this day, he can eat thousands. We're talking thousands because he was actually the skinny type. I can't remember. That's an ectomorph, right? Or I think yeah, so. Ectomorph. Yeah. So okay. he, yeah, he wanted to gain weight because I can put on muscle really fast, but I can't lose mm -hmm. it. And, and I would be like, well, you have to eat more. And he's like, I can't eat. 4,000 calories. I was like, well, you're not going to gain weight because I don't know what's happening. But when I eat 3,000 calories, I gain weight. When you eat 3,000 calories, you lose weight. So your gut cannot harvest the nutrients that are coming into you. So you're going to have to overfill yourself because for whatever reason, you're only getting like 50% of what you're eating into your body. And yeah. so he did that. He ate like 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day and he was able to pack on muscle finally from, from working out. And so that's just a a really simple real world example of like our guts are what they are, but we can support them through harvesting the nutrients with enzymes and HCL. Now, why didn't his work with enzymes and HCL? I, I, I mean, I can't explain that. I don't know that anybody can at this point, but um, I know that it finally worked for him once he hit that tipping point. Yeah. And so I, I think my message to everybody is like, probiotics are great prebiotics are great food and food like uh like the nuances of what's the best food that's a really fun conversation but when you're dealing with loose stools and farting in front of your family or your husband or your wife and you're dealing with the embarrassing things of being a human um that stuff really isn't important like what's important is to make that not happen and the fastest way i've seen for that to work is by making sure what's supposed to happen in your gut is happening. And it's commonly just broken. Um, and I don't, we could go into like thousands of reasons why, and I don't know that's all that important. The, the step one is like, make it work so that you're pooping every day. You're not really, you know, having stinky gas. Um, you know, you might have, every human has a little gas. Um, so you're not trying to get to a, a state of no gas. Um, but you're, you're having a, your, your gut is outputting, like literally outputting into the toilet every day, the signs that you're healthy. And when that starts happening, your whole life's gonna change. 
if you're trying to lose weight, you'll start losing weight. If you're trying to gain weight, you'll start gaining weight. If you're trying to get your joints to stop being inflamed, they'll, they'll start relaxing. If you're trying to re, you know, recover from a skin breakout, a psoriasis breakout, like that's when the, that's when the magical stuff you read online and you're hoping that you can be like them. That's when that stuff happens. Yeah. And I think that's just what I want for people. And you know, that you and I have both experienced that and that's what we want. And just as a little side note, guys, the um, HCL and the enzymes that Steve has developed, those are both linked in my bio if you're interested in kind of what we're talking about. Um, but if you're curious about kind of what I've been using over the last, gosh, since like February, I think, um, those are linked in my bio. And I've had so many clients, I've had so many people that have started using these products, and I've gotten tons of messages just the it's, a, it's been like overwhelming the amount of people that have contacted me and been like, oh my gosh, like I'm finally going to the bathroom more than once a week now, you know, and we don't talk about this. Like why would, <laughs> let's just break this down. Why would somebody need to be concerned if they were only pooping once a week? Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, well, one of the big things is something called hepatic recirculation. And basically what that means is that the uh, there's a, a feedback loop or a process in your large intestine where your body is trying to suck out as much nutrients as it can. And if the waste and the toxins, which includes like spent estrogens, uh, mm -hmm. it includes actual toxins, like what you might've gotten from the environment or what you might be detoxing like heavy metals or pesticides or something, but it also includes um, byproducts of your food that are, are best put in the toilet at this point because they're kind of toxic for your body. And if they stay around, your body just keeps doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is sucking, sucking stuff out of your waste. And so it's going to suck those toxins back into, um, back into the system, basically back, usually back into the kidney system, but it'll end up overwhelming uh, a lot of times. And so you end up where you are basically like, Re, you're making your hormone issues if you have them worse. You're making your toxicity yeah. issues if you have them worse. Um, so th those things happen. Um, you know, I think the other big thing is that uh, you're going to feel way worse than what you could. Like you, you mentioned that you didn't know that you, you couldn't feel better. And it, it's because humans have an amazing capacity to uh, align to our current situation. Like, even it like there's studies around money, there's studies around uh, your mate, your, your, your sexual partners, all these things like we, we, we orient towards what we have in like a week. Like if you're given like $100,000 in like a week, you're, you're normalized to it. And so a lot of people get normalized to constipation. They don't know how full, how like icky they feel. Um, and so, you know, that's going to change. Um, also constipation, like that is linked to um, all different increases of, you know, like nasty stuff that we don't like to bring up, but like things like toxic megacolon, where your colon actually like backs up and then begins to perforate and break. Um, these become like serious, serious medical issues. Constipation is also linked to higher increases of, of risk of cancer, things like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, in general, it's just like, uh, be like never changing the oil in your car. Your car will still run way past the 5,000 mile mark, but at some point it's going to break because you're not circulating the fluids. And 
I can't tell you what the constipation is going to actually do for the individual. It's going to be based on their genetics, their epigenetics, their life experience, but you're, you're, you're redlining and you're going to break something at some point. Yeah. Estrogen dominance is such a huge topic, like such a huge topic. And it's like phase one detoxification for estrogen dominance is you have to poop essentially. Like if you're not, then that estrogen is getting picked back up into your body. And I mean, that that's the big thing. It's like, everyone's afraid of it. And it's like, this is so basic. This is why digestion is so vital. Um, and making sure these functions are working properly. If you don't want to get your hormones completely jacked up and out of whack, you know? Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I know that a lot of people in the carnivore world are like really trying to get rid of oxalates. And, you, you know, yeah. a lot of people in the carnivore world are trying to get rid of many things like overloads mm -hmm. of, of things like oxalates things. If you're not pooping, peeing and sweating every day, like you don't need to focus on a ton of detox protocols unless you're extremely sick, but here's how to detox every day. Poop, pee and sweat. If you do those three things as a human, you're going to express most of the pathways to get rid of an oxalate an estrogen, a metal, whatever it is, because certain things only come out in certain ways. Certain metals only come out through your sweat, Certain metals only come out through your, your gut. Um, and so if you're not doing those three things, you know, that's a, that's like a warning dash or that's like a warning light on your dashboard of your car that, Hey, something's not, you know, we're, we don't have the conditions for health right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And what would you say about the opposite issue? Cause I feel like a lot of other people have the loose stools issue. Um, what, what's kind of your take and that advice on that? Um, well, then you're leaning towards malabsorption, right? Constipation is going to be overabsorption and like holding on to things and, and diarrhea or loose stools is malabsorption and releasing too quickly. And so, um, you are setting your, yourself up for, for issues around malabsorption. So what does that look like? Well, long-term that can lead to teeth problems, bone problems, uh, brain issues. Like you're literally forcing your body to, to steal nutrients to keep running from other parts of your body. Um, beyond that, uh, diarrhea and loose stools is, is also one of our main defense mechanisms as an organism. Like that's what happens if we get uh, toxic food. You know, that's yeah. what happens if we get, we ingest something. That's why it happens during the flu. Like we're just trying to flush whatever's in us out of us. Um, and so if your body's doing that every day, if it's under like fight or flight, holy cow, we have a danger, danger problem flush every day. Um, it's doing, I think, serious consequences to your central nervous system. Um, so you have this malabsorption issue, you have the consequences of the, of the nervous system. And then it appears that that's going to be really hard to create a healthy microbiome. Yeah. So you're going to be flushing your and disrupting your microbiome on a, on a, on a really regular basis. So, um, yeah, loose stools are also, those end up usually becoming hemorrhoids or fissures as well. I mean, you can get that with constipation as well. So, yeah. you know, I would wager to say that if, if every human was like aware and tracking this stuff, no one just got a hemorrhoid or a fissure or a, a perforated colon or a perforated intestine out of nowhere. Crohn's you see, they don't just show up. There was constipation or diarrhea for years on and off. Yeah maybe not every day, but on and off for years. So if you don't address these issues, I, I know where they're headed. Anybody who's in 
medical practice or anyone who's dealt with it as a family history knows exactly where what's coming in the next five to 10 years. It's, it shouldn't be a mystery. Somehow it's a mystery to people. I don't, it's, I don't, I get a little annoyed by this. I'm like, it's not a mystery. Like you, you weren't pooping for like ever. And then you started to force it and then bad things yeah. happened. Um, yeah. So the same thing is true with loose stools. Um, it's, it's indicative of something going on potentially, uh, you know, it could be parasites. It could be low stomach acid enzymes are a big part of that as well. Um, but again, your body's saying, Hey, uh, things are not right. We have to get rid of everything right now. Flush it. I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation that I had with Steve Wright over on Instagram. I just wanted to pop in a quick little reminder that if you are interested in getting any of the products that we discuss in this podcast, there are special discount links for you that are going to be in the show notes for you guys. And those will give you 15% off of your order as well as free shipping. So as I mentioned in the very beginning, if that is something that you think you're interested in doing, you can take advantage of that discount by several bottles. And again, if they do not work out for you, you will get a full refund. And I have seen them do this a couple of times in that group there's a health coach in the group that you get to join after you purchase the products and so i just wanted to give you guys that quick reminder that you do get a discount following the links that are in the show notes below in this episode and i hope that you're enjoying the conversation i will talk with you guys again soon yeah yeah exactly and you know I, we had some people that submitted some questions and uh a lot of some of them are the same. One of them is on the loose stools uh, topic. And she says, if I have loose stools within one hour of eating, does that mean I'm not properly digesting my food? I'm on carnivore diet. So would you say that's probably what's going on for her? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. Like there's something happening with the food she's eating. Maybe it's her stomach acid. Maybe it's her enzymes. Maybe she needs butyrate. But her body is seeing incoming food as a toxin, as an invader, and it's mm. flushing it right away. And so unraveling that mystery is usually a step-by-step -step process. I like to start either from the bottom up or the top down. Uh, it doesn't really matter, actually. Um, for someone who's having that type of experience, they'll probably need all three support. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's basically the body saying, we can't handle this, get rid of it now. Yeah. So, I mean, that, this person, we'd say, you know what, you probably do want to go ahead and try to get yourself on some HCL, take those enzymes with your meals, and then possibly consider that butyrate supplement as well. Yeah. And, and if she's, if she's at the point where like, this is a big deal for her life and her livelihood, she should start with the tributyrate X because okay. there's, I've never seen something more effective for uh, for loose stools in my entire mm -hmm. career. Um, okay. She'll have to figure out her ideal dosage. It tends to be that people who have constant loose stools will need a little bit higher, like maybe six capsules a day. Okay. Um, we, we walk people through that in our handouts and in our Facebook group. But uh, I, I, we have testimonials from people who are like, I've tried everything, like they're doctors and they have yeah. spent 20 years with loose stools and they had to find their ideal range of, of Tributarin-X and it finally, finally handled things. So and there's also studies on butyrate and traveler's diarrhea, which traveler's mm -hmm. diarrhea tends to be a, 
a kind of like a diagnosis, kind of like IBS, where they're like, well, you don't really have UC or Crohn's. And I mean, I don't want to say you have IBS yet, but you just keep having diarrhea every day. You traveled in the last six months. So it's probably that. Um, and butyrate studies in humans, I think there's been two now, have shown like, I think over 60% uh, benefit. So that's really wow. high. You know, that's really high for something like that. Um, yeah. And so I, I mean, Tributarnex works for any type of gut. It's just a different dosage range. And for yeah. loose stools, um, it's, it's been, it's like my now, it's my go-to now. And then I usually go enzymes next and then HCL guard. Um, gotcha. But back in the day, before we had that, we did HCL guard and then enzymes um, yeah. first. So it's, you can work at it either way. Um, yeah. But I do want to get the message out there that for loose stools, I've seen nothing compared with this. Interesting. Okay. Especially, well, especially after you've done the dietary stuff, right? Like the first yeah. step would be- You gotta remove, get the diet down first. <laughs> yeah, the first step yeah. would have been remove gluten, remove yeah. all But I know this person has that asked the question, she's carnivore. She's been carnivore for a year, I, I believe, um, Karen, who asked this, because I know Karen, and I'm pretty sure she's been carnivore for at least a year, and she's still having- a loose stool within an hour of her meal. And so that to me is really, really concerning for sure. Yeah. And somebody wants to know the name of your Facebook group. And you guys, if you want to get in the Facebook group, you have to get the, one of the products. And if you buy one of the products, you get in the Facebook group. I love the Facebook group because you guys have got the files and then you have a health coach in there and you're in there too. When people have, um, like issues and figuring out dosage, they can just post questions in the group. That's what I tell my clients. I'm like, if you get the products, like I feel like, because they want me to tell them how much to take. I'm like, I don't really feel like I can tell you exactly how much you need of that. You kind of have to figure it out, but that group is like gold <laughs> because you guys answer the questions. Um, and the other cool thing about the products, if you want to get in the Facebook group, um, the products are linked in my bio, the HCL and enzymes, and I'll put the Tributerin um, X on my uh, bio after we finish this. Um, but it's just been, it's, it's super helpful that they can go in there and they can ask questions. And the other cool thing that I've actually seen is people, they're like, I tried this and I had this happen. And they're like, oh, well then send it back and you guys will give people their money back. Um, and that's really kind of unheard of with any type of a supplement. It's like, you just spent the money on that. Sorry, peace. You know, you guys are actually like, well, yeah, this is maybe one you don't actually need. So you can send it back and get your money back for that. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, I've consumed lots and lots and lots of supplements in my lifetime. For over 20 years, I've been a supplement <laughs> user. And uh, to, to, you know, try to pivot our company over the last two years to this, I want to make sure that um, the people have the support they need because reading the back of a bottle and seeing that it says two capsules per day or two capsules yeah. twice a day is just, if, if you're a clinical practitioner of any type and you've worked with more than 20 people in your lifetime, you know that that does not apply. Humans are yeah. so diverse. They're different sizes. They're different genders. They're different genetics, epigenetics, different traumas. <laughs> That's not the case. Like everybody has individual, uh, requirements based on how healthy or unhealthy their various body parts are. And so I really wanted to build a company that had the highest quality products for any product we make, um, that had like an actual innovation on that product that we make 
but then also gave the actual support on uh, dosing so that we could figure yeah. out like, yeah, it is that you don't need this. Like we tried lowering right. the dose. We tried increasing the dose. It's not for you. We'll give you your money back. And we suggest, yeah. you know, you try this competitor's product or we suggest you don't use this class of products. Instead you use something else. Like, I, because I think one, I think that's what the world needs. And two, I think that if I do that, you'll keep trusting me. And as we release more and more products, um, hopefully you'll be a lifetime customer and we'll keep being able to grow the, the tribe, the community, I'll be able to hire more health coaches and uh, we can really, you know, we can really create a community here. Yeah, I love it. It's like I said, it's been so helpful for me to figure things out. Um, I've been using the Tributer and X on my daughter. She had to have surgery, surgery recently and antibiotics and it totally wiped out her gut. And so that's been part of the rebuilding program for her is the Tributerin and a little bit of the enzymes as well. And it's been, it's been really helpful. Um, I'm going to back, somebody put a comment up here. What she says, what do you do if you have the opposite of const you have constipation? So we talked about that. Um, if you go back and watch the replay, it'll be up on my profile. If you want to know about constipation, we went into depth, but I did want to address that. Um, and then one, one thing of the, I got two people asking question, the same question pretty much. Um, it says, can one take digestive enzymes for long term or, you know, I'll back up a little bit. People that are doing carnivore, myself included, we're so hesitant to um, take things. You know what I mean? It's like, we don't necessarily want to be taking a bunch of products. And so I think a concern a lot of people have is like, if I start taking these things, am I going to be dependent on them forever? When can I start tapering off? So I want to, can we talk a little bit about that for anyone who has that kind of concern? Yeah, I think it's a beautiful concern. And, and it's, it's a, it shows me that you really care about your health. Um, I, I've had that concern as well. And I've tried for many, many years to read everything I can on enzymes. And at this point in time, I have still yet to find any actual biological link or feedback mechanism. I'm yet to find any doctor who has seen it in, in clinical practice. And I, I'm concerned about this for my own health. Like, I don't, like, this is, this is a personal thing uh, that shows that taking exogenous enzymes uh, slows down or stops your own endogenous production. In other words, by you know, like if you take, uh, if you take cortisol or if you take other sex hormones, like testosterone hormone, yeah, yeah, your body notices that, and there's a feedback loop that starts to reduce our own internal production. That mechanism, at this point in time, does not appear to be uh, in the human body for enzymes. Again, I haven't seen any literature, I've, and I've, I've gone back into like the 40s and 50s. Like I, I try to buy all the old old textbooks as well and buy all the old papers. Uh, because sometimes they were onto things way before uh, we are now, um, but I, I, I haven't seen it. And so the question then becomes, is it helping you? And when you stop it, what do you notice? And so um, I, I actually recommend people do what's called a pill stop um, at least once a year. And what that means is like, basically you stop all your pills, like, check with your doctor It's not medical advice. Nothing we're saying here, just medical advice. If there's something around this, like life supporting in, in, in many ways, like if you have an oxygen tube in your, I'm not saying take your oxygen tube yeah. out. I'm saying, you know, uh, this is for, yeah, this is talk with your doctor anyways. But the goal would be that you stop taking your pills 
for a week and then you restart each one and you add them back in like kind of every three days and just find out what you notice. It could be every three days, every five days, whatever you want to do. So I'm, I'm a big fan of like using enzymes for six to nine months and then stopping and seeing what happens. Um, you should notice within seven days, probably a change in uh, how you feel after meals, what you see in the toilet, uh, what you experience in, as far as bloating and gas. And so you'll know, you know, pretty quickly, uh, both on ACL guard and um, holozymes. So, yeah. um, and actually the cool thing about ACL, were we just talking about enzymes? Both, yeah. Okay. The cool thing about ACL guard and ACL products is that this was written about in Dr. Jonathan Wright's book, Why Stomach Acid is Good for You back, like I think that book's almost 20 years old now. He mentioned in that book that you're, some people are able to retrain their bodies how much acid to make if they don't have any sort of like root causes. So like if you don't have an H. pylori infection or if you just had like malabsorption and stress and you know maybe some other things like you're going too fast when you eat, uh, you're able to basically retrain your body how to make acid. And then you'll basically at some day, like let's say you take six pills per meal, someday you'll be like, wow, I don't, I don't really know that I'm feeling that good. And you might try five and you're like, wow, I feel better. And then you might try four and then you might try three. And that actually happened to me. So that, that's where I, I used HCL from a different company from 2010 until 2014. And then suddenly I started noticing I was getting the burning sensation. Wow. Uh, and I, started, I started reducing, reducing. And in like three months I was off of it. And I'd been on like 10 to 12 pills a meal. Um, and I was like that for, for many years. And then, uh, three years ago, life threw me like an immense amount of stress. Um, you know, we don't need to go into it, but like more stress than I've ever seen in my entire life. And, uh, it, you know, what do you know? It, my, my stomach acid suffered, my enzymes suffered, yeah. and I wouldn't probably have built these products had I not had all this, uh, basically stress and trauma that reentered my life. And, uh, messed me up again. And I had to build myself back out. So I was like, well, what's the best product? And I'd call my friends who are doctors, functional medicine people that I would consult with. And they're like, well, I tried this. I tried it. And it was like, yeah. So that's how the products were born. Mm, that's yeah. And I love that you mentioned the stress and the trauma piece because this gets overlooked so much. And we just, you know, I think you and I talked about this on a interview we did on my YouTube and podcast, but it's like, this we don't think about what stress does to our gut you know um number one it'll poke holes in the lining so that's probably where the tributarin will be really useful but the you lose stomach acid and you lose enzymatic function because i started i got to a point with carnivore where i was just tired after my meals and i had to cut i had to cut my protein like super low um, to the point where I was like, I'm just, I don't think I'm getting enough protein, you know, but if I ate too much protein, I would feel super exhausted after my meals. I would almost like need to take a nap. And um, yeah, I just, and, but it was like, hello, it's 2020 going on. I lost my whole life of what I was used to and things changed. And I think a lot of people have been in these like really stressful situations and they just haven't acknowledged kind of like what that's done to their body, you know? Yeah, it's hard, especially when you're, you can't do anything about it. You know, like for me, yeah. I had a business collapsing. I lost several friends. I literally had, mm -hmm. you know, my, my soon-to-be wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Her mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Wow. Um, 
you know, a lot of my grandparents died. COVID just took away another grandparent, almost took my dad's life. So like the amount of things that have happened to me in the last three years, we're like, I, there's nothing I can do about that, right? I can't run away from that. I can't, I can't just meditate yeah. that away. I have to deal with, yeah. you know, I have to deal with the, the loss of uh, income and the, the new stress of uh, buying a house uh, uh, based on previous income and <laughs> all kinds of things like that. So um, yeah. when I say stress, I, I really don't want to make anybody wrong. And I, and I want to make sure that you know that I realize that, like, for instance, you and your daughter, like there's certain things that are that's part of our life journey. And yeah. if your life doesn't contain those things, like, I'm so happy for you. And I hope that you continue to meditate and, and pray or do whatever you do to stay not stressed. But those of us who have a lot of responsibilities and have a lot of things going on, you might need some extra help, basically, just yeah. to keep doing those things. And so I think that's where things like these supplements come into hand. That's where things like getting massages, going for walks come into play, um, just taking care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's hard because I'm on like zero medications. I've been through so much to try to get my body off medications, and I was heavily addicted to like sleeping pills and SSRIs, and I even had a stunt with benzos for a while, which that was the worst withdrawal I've ever I've ever been through in my entire life. It was absolutely horrific. Um, I know Jordan Peterson's talked a lot about his journey with the benzos, and it's like, yeah, this is very legitimate. And so somebody like me, I'm like. I don't want to take stuff, but you know, the difference that I feel just in being able to eat more protein and then not having to like eat so much food in order to feel satisfied. It's just, it just makes such a world of difference. Yeah. And if I can, I just want to return back to that point of like, will I have to take this forever? Yeah. Um, the answer is, I don't know. And, and you don't know either. You could right. What I've seen is that if you have a, if you have a serious chronic health issue, it's probably going to take you two years to dig your way back to baseline where you can drop most everything that you're doing. Um, maybe one year if you're not that sick. If this is like if you were like really really healthy, like you're an athlete, and then you went to Mexico or someone got sick with COVID, and now your your life is falling apart. Maybe one year, but most everybody needs two two, three years, if this has been going on for a while. And so I would plan on using these products and others like it for that time period and know that that's the, that's the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Like we, there's that, that human saying that like we expect to, or what we, we think we can get done in one year is like too much. And then what we can get done in three years is actually, we, we underestimate that. And so in, in three years, I do believe most people can get back to like super healthy baseline. But then comes the question, um, what are you taking on in your life? Are you a mom to three kids? Are you trying to run a, a business? Are you trying to change the world in some way? Um, if you're just trying to live your best life and you love working your job 40 hours a week and you love playing on the weekends and you don't have kids and you don't have responsibilities, then yeah, maybe you don't need support the rest of your life. Maybe you just need to eat good, get outside, do the normal lifestyle things. But if you're signing up for a different life <laughs> in this lifetime, yeah. you might consider that pro athletes have like a whole, like you're like your own version of a pro athlete. <laughs> what do you need to be optimal? And pro athletes have everything. They have supplements, they have 
coaches for their mindset, coaches for their bodies, coaches for their shooting, coaches for their everything. Um, and so one idea would be to adopt that idea that you're actually like a, a pretty awesome super mom and you require some things to show up every day and be super mom and not break down. Yeah. Uh, the other thing to think about is uh, 50, the age of 50. So ah. uh, you can call it menopause, you can call it menopause. Either way, our hormone production is really going to go off the cliff a little before 50 or right at 50 or a little after for men and women. Um, but definitely usually impacts women harder. And uh, people do not, what I'm learning is people really don't get that menopause means your ovaries are like, peace. Organ failure. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. That's what I, I gave you what I got for this lifetime. We're thinking in our heads, how can I live to 80, 90, 120 if I'm Dave Asprey? How do I get there? You know, if I'm this biohacker, how do I live my best life? And your, your sex hormones, the things that make us feel excited and sexy and desire things are like basically out at 50. They're done. Yeah. So there's things you can do for that. And you don't have to accept that as your reality. But that does mean that you'll be supplementing with sex hormones the rest of your life. Um, unfortunately, most of our body systems appear to be built that way as well. We know that we only get so many stem cells to repair our DNA. Uh, we're born with a stem cell reserve. You can look that up. We're also born with uh, an enzyme reserve. And so, oh, I know that. yeah, so one theory, it's not proven, and I don't know even know how we're going to prove it, but maybe hopefully we will one day or disprove it. That's cool too. Is that you're built with sort of like a, a digestive enzyme reserve. And if you rip through that using a lot of them in your early years, like I did, because I had all kinds of way too many antibiotics and a really bad diet and I had a lot of stress and some trauma and, and then a lot of processed food and blah, blah, blah. Um, I might've ripped through my enzyme, like a allotment. Like if I got a hundred units of enzymes for my lifetime, I might've burned up extra fast. And so I might be en entering like my version of enzyme menopause early. And if I want to keep living an awesome life, having great poops and feeling really good, I'm probably going to be on enzymes maybe the rest of my life. And I didn't want to admit that many years ago. And if you had told me that on a Facebook live or Instagram live years ago, I would have spent days trying to figure out how that, how I could make you wrong <laughs> and how yeah, I could, definitely. how I could figure out how that not to happen. And I'll just say from my perspective where I'm at now is that I'm hoping that something else comes to light. But at this moment in time, for me, enzymes are like a anti-aging pill. Yes. I know that they're going to run out and they're so essential to getting the nutrients out of my food that if you took away the HCL guard, if you took away the tributary X, I would, I would keep my holozymes for the rest of my life because I also know I can take them without food and help my blood circulation, help, you know, clear out toxins and help do a lot of other cool things um, that are important for anti-aging. So um, nobody, especially in their 20s, wants to hear this. Most people in their 30s don't want to talk about it yet, but there is a, there is a biological clock and it's for real. Um, yeah. yeah. And so uh, if you're already at that time period or you're, you're past it, um, 
I think being on something like enzymes or HCL or, or something like that for the rest of your life is super okay compared to being on like a PPI or a, some sort of steroid or a biologic drug or wherever it goes, you know, benzos, things like that, SSRI. Yeah. So again, most reward with the least risk and living our best lives. That's kind of how I think. And um, yeah, I hope I didn't ruin anybody's day there, but I think it's really important to get that message out there. I mean, I love what you're saying because, and this is one thing I've tried to talk about a lot in my videos and just on my profile is like, we want to come to carnivore. We want to come to a diet and for it to fix everything and it to be this miraculous thing. And we have to look at like, what was life like before we started the diet, right? Like for me, it's like, it's very similar to you, like tons of antibiotics as a child, very stressful life, lost my dad when I was really young. My mom got sick when I was really young. And then now it's like, just a continuation having like a special needs child. And it's like, I don't, I, I feel like I'm doing pretty damn good to not be on any kind of medication for my brain, like no SSRIs, no benzos, no sleeping pills. Like that's pretty damn good. And so if enzymes and somebody says, what kind of enzymes do you recommend? Those are the ones that we're talking about are linked in my bio um, that I've been using. So if that's all I need is good quality food, some enzymes and I'm not on drugs, like I'm happy, you know, <laughs> but we have to look at like, yeah, that I didn't know that about enzymes. I knew it about the ovaries because I'm for, about to be 42 and I'm very, very well aware and having a lot of female clients now that are perimenopause and menopause, like 40s, 50s, you know, um, I'm very well aware of that, but I didn't know that about the enzymes, but it makes freaking perfect sense, <laughs> like perfect sense. Yeah, it's, I still struggle with it, even talking about it right now. Like, I want it to be wrong. I want to be wrong. I don't want this <laughs> to be true. Like, I don't want to be on creams and pills no. either. I want to be resilient, like, especially if the zombie apocalypse comes. I, I don't want to have to lug around backpacks <laughs> full of enzymes and potions to survive the zombie apocalypse. I want to be, like, you know, able to take care of myself and my community and my family. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, just watching watching my grandparents pass away over the last few years, watching my parents age, um, getting older myself. I'm like, wow, this is this is true, you know. And so, how do, how do I embrace <laughs> yeah. this? You know, how do yeah. I embrace this? And uh, again, you know, I want to have the biggest impact I can. I want to help as many people as I can. I want to have a great family. I want to also have some fun. And uh, if that means I take a handful of pills at every meal, I'm cool with that now. But I definitely went through a phase where I was like, nope, I'm never, I, I'm going to get to that point. One day I'm going to be able to write a blog post about how, you know, I fixed it all. And you right. know, I fixed a lot of things. I fixed my eyesight. I fixed my GI system, uh, energy, brain, a lot of things. But like, you can't fix aging that I'm aware of at this moment. So. No, it's part, it's part of life. We, death and taxes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I haven't gotten to some of these questions because like this is what happens when I talk to Steve, you guys, I feel like I could talk to Steve for like three hours and then I still wouldn't get to this like questions that, that I had originally um, sent him. But one, someone wanted to know about uh, what to do for floating stool since we've covered constipation, we've covered diarrhea. What about floating stools? Like why should someone care if they have those and like how would they fix that? I know this is from Grace that she asked the question. Yeah, so um, 
yeah, at some point I'm going to make like a poop quiz so people can kind of We like, need a poop like seven Yeah, <laughs> so that they can like make sense of everything. So floating stools yes. are uh, typically malabsorption. Um, oftentimes they might be accompanied with some extra gas. So they could be floating because there's gas pockets in the stool. Um, mm -hmm. But oftentimes you don't get that without some sort of malabsorption, which is oftentimes fat. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but oftentimes it is fat malabsorption. Um, so that's what I would look into. And if you, if this woman or man is on carnivore, then, yes, uh, yeah. yeah. So, and this was the one actually that bought the Holozymes, right? Yeah, um, she's been on, she's only been taking the Holozyme for a week though. So I'm like, okay. probably so want to give it a little bit more time, but yeah. Yes, yes. And she should up her dose. So this is the okay. other thing that, that people, Again, every every body's different, and so some people love two pills with holozymes with every meal, and that's all they need. Um, some people need four, some people need six. Um, and if you have like a really intense condition, you might need six or eight per meal. And mm -hmm. trust me, that sounds like a lot if you're a regular person, but for the people in the pain that that I'm talking about, um, they're willing to trade their left arm to be able to just eat food. And so. Yeah. Um, so it's on a scale, it's on a gradient. And so if you're not getting the results like floating stool, then I would, the first thing I would do is test increasing the dose for a week and see what happens. Now myself or my health coach, Kim, and hopefully some other people will be in the Facebook group. And this is a prime example of someone I want to have a conversation with or a, mm -hmm. an exchange with either through support at healthy gut Facebook group or having a call with our, our health coach, Kim, um, because, mm -hmm. She's got the product. She's still, she's got a great diet. She's still having the experience. So we seem to, you know, we need to troubleshoot that a little bit more, but okay. yeah, in, in general, um, floating stools or oily toilet. That's the other thing is like, if you see like a sheen, yeah. or like if you step away and you kind of look to the side, you look at the toilet, you can see like a sheen on it or like a little oil. That's, that's definite fat malabsorption. And so in that case, up your enzymes for sure uh you got something going on there and hcl guard can be supportive in that process because it'll help activate your your lipase coming out of your pancreas um i, I mean we didn't i think in our last shows people should go back and watch those because we talked about like yeah. what makes your enzymes work and how does your enzymes work with your gut uh with your stomach acid and how they if either one of them is off then the other one can only compensate so much until it breaks as well and so you kind of often need both um, yeah, so, uh, I would, for her, I would go four or six per meal for a little while. A lot of people sometimes will do a loading phase of like two weeks of higher dose and then go back to two per meal. Um, that's what I needed to do. Yeah, that's what I did. That's honestly what I did. And it was so effective. Um, now I'm only doing like two or three per meal and I'm fine with it. I'm still getting all the great benefits from it and it's helping, but I started off a little bit higher. Um, so yeah, and that can also be the same thing for um, someone else's diarrhea. That can also help as well, you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Again, like, so before Tribunal X, we would, we would do really much higher doses of enzymes for diarrhea and, and stop it. So six to eight per meal. And then, and then like four to six before bed, oftentimes would help along with dietary changes. Um, but some of those are still resistant. Uh, and so you have to bring in other things like HCL guard curcumin things like that but um yeah it can th these are the types of questions that like would love to help out with in the facebook group 
um, yeah. because it is super nuanced to each individual body. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And um, I know we're almost at like an hour, but I did want to touch really quickly on um, fasting with enzymes because I know a lot of people love fasting and um, I've started adding a little bit of fasting back into my regimen, just very strategic times of the month and just like careful with it because um, I tend to get addicted to it and do it too much. But uh, fasting with enzymes, like why someone might want to try that, uh, benefits of it. Um, what, what do you think on that? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about like what, um, sorry, I'm new at this Instagram live thing and I get all these notifications. The comments, I yeah. yeah, I got to figure <laughs> out how to shut those off. Um, so it, it comes down to like, what, what are your goals, right? So yeah. Um, Polozyme has had six pilot trials with humans, which is really, really rare for a supplement. It's got a patent behind it. And in those trials with humans, the dose was two per meal and two before bed on an empty stomach. And the reason why is that enzymes taken with food, any enzyme taken with food is basically a digestive enzyme. Any enzyme taken without food is essentially a systemic enzyme. Now there's specialty digestive enzymes, there's specialty systemic enzymes, but holozyme taken without food will end up becoming a systemic enzyme. And we know that because in the studies, we showed a, a lowering of uh, blood glucose after meals. We showed a lowering of uric acid levels um, overall. And these are in, in uh, type 2 diabetics and in gout. Um, and so it's acting on a systemic level. The research on systemic enzymes is that it basically it helps improve blood circulation it helps clean up uh, protein toxins. Um, these could be bound up with your immune system, something called circulating immune complexes or CICs. Uh, these are really prevalent in certain conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. Um, so taking enzymes systemically or while fasting, however you want to call that, um, it's going to do a few things. One, you're going to be using those mostly systemically. So inflammation reductions, um, you can use them to recover from workouts faster. They're also going to work a little bit on your biofilms. So if wow. someone is, uh, if someone knows that they have mold um, in their body, like they've tested their environment, they've tested their body, um, they might want to go a lot slower with taking them on an empty stomach uh, as molds and certain toxins can be bound up in these biofilms in our gut. And while Holozymes is not a biofilm, like you wouldn't, I would never say like, oh, use this to totally eat up all your biofilms. It's, it's much more right. of a mild action. Um, it is going to have some, uh, some activity there. And so um, it could help release some toxins out of your gut that are sort of bound up. Um, so yeah, I, I personally take them before bed every night. Um, I do too. And I notice a massive difference in my overall inflammation and just general well-being if I stop for like a week. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that explains it. Maybe someday we'll have to do a whole systemic podcast and I can like prepare a bunch of research and kind of yeah uh, go through it. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because so many people are, you know, they talk about autophagy, which is like, that's kind of a hard thing to quantify, in my opinion. Um, of like, are you getting autophagy? You know, is this really happening? But for me, it's like when I take the enzymes before bed, it's like, in the morning, I feel like I can just kind of get up and go. Like, I don't have 
aches and pains. It's just, it's really amazing, like how much that it really does help to do it before bed and in a fasted state for sure. Yeah, I have some like old, uh, I keep trying to think like I'm very athletic, but I'm a little clumsy. <laughs> so I'm just too clumsy enough and too athletic enough to always hurt myself. And so I've had a, a number of uh, injuries, whether it's a shoulder labrum repair to separated shoulders and uh, just a number of uh, broken fingers and messed up broken feet and toes. And uh, if I if I go too long without taking the enzymes before bed, I start to get stiffness and just mm -hmm. achiness in some of these old injury sites. And what I notice is that I can take them, you know, two to four before bed. And like, I don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Like I don't, yeah. I don't have like, oh, I'm like that thingy, you know, it, it it's generally the new thing that I just hit. <laughs> it's not the old. Yeah. One. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm always kind of banging myself up working out or just like parenting. <laughs> that can be a dangerous job sometimes. And it definitely helps a lot to, to have that support. So cool. Well, I did see one more question about PPIs. If we can maybe hit that one. I don't know if I can scroll back and find it. Um, I don't know if she's even still on here. She says, I'm trying to cut back on my PPI medication. It seems like not eating after seven has helped. No H. pylori present, just reflux. Any suggestions on supplements that heal gut issues from PPI? be interesting to hear your take on that. Well, again, I would assume she's carnivore since she's, she's following you. But if, if you're not low carbohydrate or no carbohydrate, you should definitely do that because Duke University has done several studies on a low carbohydrate diet for heartburn, and it's shown pretty solid improvements. Um, if the dietary thing is out of the way, uh, next up would be uh, probably enzymes and uh, DGL. So, um, you know, you don't, you would never want to take uh, any sort of BT and HCL supplement with a PPI. Like, you know, one is suppressing mm -hmm. acid, the other is trying to raise acid. So that's, that's a no-go for her. But enzymes can help her, like she would be possibly somebody who would have a higher enzyme she might want to try higher enzymes like four to six in an effort to basically work with her doctor to do a ppi reduction schedule so ppis are like ssris they have a having or less than a having sometimes schedule depending on what dose you're on and how long you've been on them but as you taper the taper schedule that you're given by your doctor you might use a higher dose of enzymes during that time period in order to keep the the heartburn down and keep the nutrients up um, on top of that, uh, DGL is used, it's deglycerinated licorice root. So the, the part of licorice root that sort of raises blood pressure is used for cortisol help and, and cortisol controls is uh, glycerin and that's taken out. And so therefore you can use it in much higher dosages. And in Asia, they rely on this a lot for uh, all types of heartburn and ulcers and things like that. It's really good at healing the stomach line. So some combination of like DGL, um, maybe like somewhere around like 3000 milligrams a day, um, can be really soothing. Um, glutamine potentially, you know, 10 to 30 grams a day can also be very soothing for these types of, of people. Um, but, uh, there's, yeah, heartburn gets really complex when you're stuck on PPIs. It's kind of like getting off an SSRI. It's, it's much harder, but you do want to figure out a way off of it. Uh, if you don't have a good integrative doctor or functional medicine doctor, you might want to seek that person out for this this time period. Um, if you don't have the H. pylori, then um, 
you know, you can look at other nutrients uh, that you're missing, like zinc and, and B12 and magnesium that are important for stomach acid production. Uh, and then last but not least, if you can do this concurrently with the PPI, but there is something called D-Limone. Um, and there's some research studies on D-Limone. And I can't spell that. It's weird spelling, and I'm not good at that live. <laughs> I, I rely on the computer for that mostly. Um, but anyways, they do like a, a, they do a dose of every other day for 20 days. And for some individuals, this is like amazing. And so, I mean, you can buy D Limone for like 30 bucks or something. And so it's worth, in my opinion, it'd be worth 30 bucks to figure out if you're a responder to that. Uh, if you happen to be like super histamine uh, reactive, mm -hmm. I think it's a potentially contraindicated um, as it's a citrus extract, and uh, that can really mess with people with, with high histamine issues. Um, but otherwise, I, I, I'm like really encouraged by the two studies they've done on it. And it, I tried it myself, I don't notice anything, but some people have really noticed the difference. Awesome, that's really helpful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I feel like PPIs are so overprescribed. And it's, I think you told, the very, one of the very first conversations that we had, it's like, isn't it like 80% of people have low stomach acid? Well, yeah. So um, there's been no definitive study on it, but Dr. Jonathan Wright and Dr. Steven Sandberg Lewis are two uh, like friends and mentors of mine. And they both have published, they've, they've said publicly, they have the ability, you need a certain machine to test for stomach acid in your mm -hmm. clinic. There's not like a universal test for it. There's like a, pill capsule test, there's a Heidelberg test, there's a few ways to do it. Either way, it's like a specialty lab that the lab companies kind of have a monopoly on. These two guys have it in their office. And for a while, they tested all their IBS people just to figure it out. And what they reported was somewhere between 70 to 80% of anyone who said, I have heartburn, I have IBS, I have whatever, would come back as low. Meaning that not everybody has low stomach acid who has these conditions, but a more than more than 50% most likely do based on at least two guys testing hundreds of people. Um, and so I think that's pretty safe to say that it's worth, again, it's worth like a test, a $50 test or whatever, just to figure it out. Um, and yes, PPIs, if you look at them, they're getting more black box warnings by the deck, not by the decade, but like every, every year. So we now know that they're heavily linked to SIBO. They're linked to bone mm -hmm. fractures and osteoporosis. Um, they're linked to all kinds of things. Um, I mean, if you think about it, you're essentially shutting off your body's ability to extract and break down protein and B12. So, uh, yeah. and some other, um, minerals. And so it, it would make sense if you used a PPI longer, they were only studied for eight to 12 weeks. Oh, so, wow. yeah. So initially they only studied for eight to 12 weeks. Now there's some, some other longer term studies by the drug companies that show that they're like less harmful, but there's plenty of other studies that show that they're, you know, just search PubMed or Google for 30 minutes and you'll be very scared. Um, wow. the, yeah, the long-term consequences of staying on them are pretty negative. Um, and it's like anything, like when you were on your benzos, you probably knew I need to get off these. Oh yeah, you, I never wanted to be on them, but it was like coming off them, like I said, was the worst thing I've ever had to go through before physically coming off of a drug. It was horrible. Yeah. And the same thing is true for a PPI person. Like most of them were in a lot of pain. They needed support. They're on it now. And now they're becoming aware like, oh man, 
I don't want to be on this. But PPIs are notoriously difficult to taper off of and go without. Yeah. And so um, I would just give yourself some, some love there and know that you're going to probably need a multifactorial approach, meaning you're probably going to need more than one product and maybe even more, more testing. And that's why I said a functional medicine or integrative medical practitioner who the question to ask them is, how many people have you tapered off of PPIs? <laughs> if they say like two, then you're like, I love your energy and I love your philosophy, but you're not for me. You're looking for right. someone who does this every month with somebody. And so yeah. you find someone who does that, that's your person. And maybe you don't use them for anything else, but find somebody who does this on the regular and they'll get you through it. Yeah, awesome. Cool, well, I, like I said, I feel like we could probably talk for <laughs> another hour. So we'll definitely have to do this again. Um, but where can people find you if they want to um, check out kind of what you've got going on, your blog, all of those things? Well, they should go to the links in your bio. Um, yeah. They should go to your links in your bio uh, because uh, they help Sarah, you know, fund her, fund her life and her business and her family, um, their affiliate links. And, you know, that'll take you over to healthygut.com. And uh, if you heard about, if you heard about us through her, I'd really appreciate it if you at least click those links first. Um, and there's specials on those links too. So if you're better off buying through Sarah's links, which will actually take you to a different page than the healthygut.com page. Um, but the healthygut.com includes a bunch of blog articles. You can read more about me. You can read more about what we're up to. We're in the process of updating the whole thing right now. So I do apologize. It does seem like three or five years old. That's because it is, but in about a few months, it'll be, uh, it'll be pretty world-class again. And we're coming out with some pretty bomb new content about butyrate very soon. So awesome. I can't wait. We'll have to do another interview about that. Cause like I said, I've been loving the tributyrin. I, I didn't start with that one. I kind of laid that one to the side, but now I've added that one in and I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely making a big difference for sure. Cool. 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 All right, guys. Well, thank you for watching and uh, leave us a comment if you're watching the replay, if you have any questions and make sure you check out the links in my bio. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Thank thanks, you. Sarah. Bye. Bye. Because I talked to so all right, if you are still listening, thank you so much for being here, for being a part of my community, for listening to the show. I really do appreciate you, and I hope that you found some really helpful information in this conversation. As I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, every guest that I bring onto my show is somebody that I feel like, number one, it can help me, I'm learning from them, but also I bring people on that I feel like I wanna help my people that are with me, that are in this community, that are having these issues. I have been really blessed that since doing carnivore, I have not really struggled a lot with loose stools or constipation or floating stools, any of that stuff, but I have like thousands of people that message me and so many of them have had these issues. So this is why, again, I brought Steve back again to talk with you guys, why I will continue to bring on more guests to help you guys in your health journey. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode next week on Wednesday, brand new episode. So make sure you're subscribed again, share this episode who with anyone you feel could be helped take a screenshot, share it on social media. And thank you for being a part of this podcast, a part of my community. Feel free to shoot me a message over on Instagram anytime. I really love to hear from you guys and I will talk with you again soon.